There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. How's it going, everyone? It's Friday, December 9th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about a crisis that's hitting immigrant tech workers. As the tech world faces big layoffs, workers on H-1B skilled work visas are in a really tough spot. Under U.S. immigration law, they only have 60 days to find new work or they face deportation. And they have to do it during the slowest hiring months of the entire year. Juliet's going to fill us in. But before we get into that, here's what else is going on in tech and business. Sunny Balwani, Theranos' ex-COO and founder Elizabeth Holmes' ex-lover, was sentenced to 13 years for defrauding investors. That's less than the 15 years sought by prosecutors, but significantly more than the four years that his defense attorneys were lobbying for. It's also two years more than Holmes' own sentence. If you think housing sucks in your own city, the latest rent report from Douglas Elliman and Miller Samuel placed Manhattan's median November rent at $4,033 a month. The average rent, which is influenced by luxury sales, hit $5,249. That's up 19% year over year. Bee Hero, a startup that uses AI to help beekeepers boost their yields, raised $42 million. And in other good bee news, murder hornets haven't been seen in Washington state this year. So that's a win. Disney Plus's ad-supported tier finally launched in the U.S. It's going to be $7.99 a month. It's a dollar more than Netflix's, but it allows users to stream on up to four devices at a time. A lot of us saw Elon Musk publicly raise some beef with Tim Cook and Apple a few weeks ago about the company's app store fees. Well, Twitter Blue is now reportedly going to cost Apple users $11, up from 8 bucks. It's going to offset those fees. And lastly, the tech layoffs keep rolling in. The latest victim, the meal delivery service Blue Apron. The company just laid off 10% of its corporate staff amid stagnating sales. And that takes us into today's main story. In the past month, more than 50,000 tech workers have lost their jobs. Meta, Amazon, Twitter, and other titans are making big job cuts in the face of economic uncertainty. A large contingency of those workers are immigrants. Reports have shown that up to 70% of tech workers in Silicon Valley were born in another country. And most of them are on what's called an H-1B visa. Juliet, to start off, can you fill us in on what an H-1B visa is exactly? Yeah, so it is a kind of work visa for skilled workers. They're renewable, but they last for three years. So a lot of tech workers will find somebody overseas, bring them here. They can live and work in the United States as long as they have that job. 
This is especially common among tech companies like the ones you mentioned, Amazon, Google, Meta, Twitter, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And in 2021, I was looking at a report. Uh, there are about 407,000 H-1B beneficiaries hmm. and almost 70% of them, 68.8%, worked in a computer-related field. So this is very much a tech thing. Sure. And there's kind of a special clause with H-1Bs in employment that is going to come into play in this story. Yeah. So the problem and the predicament many people are finding themselves in right now is that your visa is tied to your employment. And if you lose your mm -hmm. job, so if you are a victim of these big tech layoffs, you only have 60 days to find another one or essentially you got to leave the United States. Wow. And it doesn't matter how long you've been here. You may have bought a house here, wife, kids, a whole life here. It's tied to your work. None of that's taken into consideration. If you're not employed, you have 60 days. Yeah, so not great. We're seeing a lot of people on social media panicking about needing to mm -hmm. find another job, talking on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I saw an employee who had been at Twitter and apparently this person posted on Blind, which is like a social media app platform for people who work at tech companies. Mm -hmm. He posted that he had been laid off from Twitter with something like three months severance, got called back and then was fired again. And now he only has a month severance. And he was like, well, now I only have a month severance and I only have 60 days to find another Jeez. job. Okay. And I saw some people respond to that. And someone was like, well, if you've been here for X amount of time, why aren't you a citizen yet? Right. And that is because it is a Kafka-esque journey <laughs> to become a citizen in the United States. It's not easy. You can't just say, I want to live here. Give me my green card. Sure. Sure. Well, let's talk about that. What is the path to citizenship for someone who has an H-1B visa? Why is it so complicated? So two reasons here. There is a huge, 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 huge backlog in immigration. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a twofold problem because Congress caps how many employer-sponsored green cards the United States will issue every year. That's one thing. So there are not as many green cards issued annually as there are people who want them. The other thing is every country only gets a certain amount of green cards. So 7% of the green cards available per country. Hmm. Uh, and that's based on where you were born. So if you are from India, there is an even larger backlog for you. 74% hmm. of H-1B beneficiaries are from India and they only get a certain allotment of green cards, of which there are already not enough. There are 1.4 million people waiting for an employment-based green card right now. Wow, 1.4 million. What's the wait time on that? So for certain workers from India, I was looking at like this big chart for certain workers up to 90 years. 90 years? So you may die waiting for citizenship. Even if you are working in America, living in America, your whole life is here, you consider yourself an American, you may die before you get citizenship. Right. Okay. So it's kind of a moot point then. Mm -hmm. Yes, this waiting list exists. Yes, there is sort of a path to citizenship, but it's so backlogged that it's nearly impossible to get it for many people. Yes. So what can be done about this? What's the chatter around kind of solving this Kafka-esque nightmare? <laughs> so I read a bunch of articles in legislature that all seemed like it might really help these people out. Congress had proposed removing some of the caps or changing some of the caps. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say it's like you and your wife and your two kids. Those dependents would not count against the limit for the year. There would be special considerations for STEM employees. Unfortunately, most of that legislation has stalled, as it, it often does. And so I looked up some advice if you're an impacted worker. One immigration told BuzzFeed that you could try to secure another visa. Obviously, there are wait times for those, and it's not always easy, but you could try to get another type of visa. 
if you have a partner who is here on a visa, you could try to become their dependent. Now, of course, there are clauses in there that may mean Mm -hmm. that you no longer get to work, Mm -hmm. depending on what the situation is. A lot of people were suggesting Canada, where apparently it's much easier. Hmm. And then I also found, and we linked to this in the newsletter on LinkedIn, you can request to be added to a database with your resume and everything. And that is shared with hiring managers across the United States to try to help you find a job within your 60-day limit. All right. And the other element to this story that we're talking about here is that obviously, you know, let's imagine you were a tech worker laid off this week. You have 60 days. This is probably the worst time of mm-hmm. the entire year to try to find a new job, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, people just aren't hiring right now. People are going on vacation. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you work in media or uh, pretty much any (laughs) type of job, but especially I know for me in media, you get a lot of emails that are, let's circle back after the new year. Yeah, exactly. Right. And when you're on like a countdown and you only have 60 days, that is not great. And like you said, not only do we have this economic turmoil, a lot of hiring freezes going on, Mm -hmm. but even in good times, you know, a lot of HR departments sort of black out the month of December and they're not really focused on hiring or growth. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are out for the holidays and Mm -hmm. uh, it's not really top of mind for them. Yeah, people are on vacation. A lot of people just don't, like it's just assume that you kind of just don't work for the last two weeks of December because you don't want to deal with all the vacations and all of the things that are going on. So it's a horrible time. I actually remember I worked at a large tech company, lost my job in late November. Hmm. It was just the end of my contract. But of course, being a citizen, you know, I got to file for employment. I spent a couple of months looking for a job. I found another one. I didn't have like this, if you do not do this within X amount of days, your entire life is upended. Right, but it was still right. difficult because it was like right before Thanksgiving and then going into Christmas. And I remember, you know, yeah, having to wait a really long time for people to get back to me. Yeah. Being unemployed is difficult enough without the mm-hmm. added pressure of getting deported. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, another sort of complicated element to all this is many H-1B visa holders are paid pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think I found a report that the average H-1B holder at Twitter made $174,000 a year. You know, it's hard to curry kind of like a broader sympathy among people who don't understand some of the challenges that these workers are facing. They just see these big numbers and they're like, well, these people are treated very well. Like, I'm not going to shed any tears over it. You know, there are like many other challenges that H-1B visas face. Mm-hmm. For instance, when they come here on an H-1B visa, their spouse is eligible to get what's called an H-4 visa. That's a dependent visa. But until recently, H-4 visa holders were not allowed to work in the United States. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of H-1B visa families coming here that are single earner families. So getting laid off is an especially difficult challenge for them too. Right. And all of a sudden you're down to one income. Sure. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, there are a lot of people who say, oh, I'm not going to be upset about somebody who's in a six-figure job all of a sudden losing But then when you think about other immigrants who come here to do other types of work that are much lower paying, you often Mm. find the same people don't have sympathy for them either. Exactly. The reason these people make so much money is because they're highly skilled. That's why tech companies Mm. are like, hey, we want to get as many of these people as possible. And that's why this thing even exists, because these are people who have skills that are hard to find here and in other places. And a lot of them are coming from India, which is why these numbers are so skewed and why these people are having such long wait times. It's totally true. And I guess another sort of counterpoint to the people who don't have sympathy is that, yes, it seems like a lot of money, but most H-1B holders are actually paid below market rate for Mm -hmm. the American equivalent worker. Right. So you have someone who is a director of engineering, you know, earning 170,000, and that seems like a lot, but 
the equivalent American worker with the same job might be making 250, 300 or something. So. Right. And they're often concentrated in high tech areas like Silicon Valley, where the cost of living is much higher. And they're also like basically tethered to that job. Like if you don't like your job and you're like, I'm just going to quit my job because I'm sick of it, Mm -hmm. go ahead. But if you have to think about, will my entire life be upended if I can't find something else, then you're kind of just stuck until you do. Well, the most prominent example of this recently has been at Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know, Elon Musk, laid off more than 50% of the staff at Twitter. A lot of those are H-1B visa workers. The stats haven't been released, but I've seen reports, you know, that vary from anywhere from 250 to 600 H-1B workers at Twitter losing their jobs. That's going to be a very challenging situation for them, it sounds like. Right. And didn't he also say, like, I only want people who are willing to be super hardcore here and, like, Mm. do all of these things? Well, you kind of have no choice but to do his hardcore lifestyle, even if you hate the work-life balance that you are no longer going to have if you're stuck because you have to be tied to your employment. Right. Exactly. Like, a lot of H-1B visa workers who may have signed his pledge didn't have really much of a choice. Yeah. And also we should point out here, Elon Musk himself was an H-1B visa holder many years ago when he immigrated from South Africa to start a career in America. So I would have true. liked to see a little bit more <laughs> of an understanding of the visa system from him on that end. Yeah. And you know, that chart I was looking at was showing me the wait times for various countries. And, you know, for India, it was just so many years. For China, it could be 10 to 14 years. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of countries... So, so someone coming from South Africa or Australia or Canada or, or where there's not just a big wait time, it could be a year. Oh you could get it that year. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's like a Kafka-esque. It's so many factors all at the same time. Sure. So we should add here, you know, this is not a pleasant story, but there are some very good people out there working to help people who have been laid off, right? So one resource that I found, it looks pretty good. We've linked to it in the newsletter. It is a database. You can get there via post on LinkedIn. It'll take you to a Google form. You can fill in all your information. It is only for people who are on this type of visa who are affected by these layoffs. Mm -hmm. And it will be shared with hiring managers across the U.S., all people who are looking to help people find jobs before their time is up. So we link to that in the newsletter. If this affects you, I would encourage you to go look at this post, fill in your information. And there's also a lot of people sharing resources and, and other tips and tricks in the comments. So hopefully you can find something there. All right, that's going to do it for us today. If you want to find that list and share it, you can find it over at thehustle.co slash email. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletters. You can find everything over there and get yourself subscribed. Thanks for tuning into The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We'll see you bright and early next week.